Hello, listening people. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! We're spitting Polish. Yeah. We're always spitting because we are both Polish. And we're both Polish because we're always spitting? <laughs> exactly, exactly. We're spitting Polish presents unappreciated masterpieces. I'm Ryan Stolminski. I'm Bartek K. You don't want to say your full last name again? How do you pronounce it again? I don't know. I do not speak Polish. Kaspczyszek. There we are. See, there we go. So, we're spitting Polish, and we are doing unappreciated masterpieces in which we find those classic gems, those forgotten masterpieces, those brilliant pieces of cinema or film that have have been in our public eye yet forgotten over the years. And what film are we doing today, Bartek? Well, since it is Christmas, we are doing... Bendev Domuna Boże Narodzenie. Which I I do not I look, I don't speak Polish Bartek, so I don't know what Oh, is saying. that what you've been saying all this time? I, do, I, oh, I don't know what you I thought this. you said repeat that in Polish again, please. Uh, I don't know. Right. Don't the know. movie in English is I'll be home for Christmas. Yes, I'll be home for Christmas. The classic nineteen ninety-eight film. Yes, 1998. A simpler time for us too, wasn't it, Bartek? What were you doing in 1998? I was finishing off kindergarten. I was still trying to learn English and wait, I think wait. I pooped my pants. Wait, what's kindergarten to, to you? Is it like... It's preschool. Ah, in New South Wales, preschool is preschool and kindergarten is like the first year of primary school. So, yeah. Yeah. So it goes kindergarten, year one, year two, year three, year four, year five, year six. In in Victoria, we just have prep. Yeah. So that's why I was like, whoa. I I'm pretty sure we're the same age, Bartek. I don't think you were finishing kindergarten then, but yes, preschool. Okay. So we've learned a bit about that. I would have been finishing preschool also, and I reckon I was still a big fan of The Lion King too. I was a real big fan of that as a kid. Yet I don't remember anything about it today. I I. There was like a girl lion cub. Yeah, there was a girl in the first one. No, I mean, sorry, it was a... Simba had a daughter? Simba had a daughter, probably. And some woman that worked for Scar had a and, son. And talking about Simba, the... <laughs> I didn't think of that. <laughs> the lead star in I'll Be Home for Christmas, 1998, the classic Christmas film... Matthew Broderick? Is Matthew Broderick. Yeah, Matthew Broderick, of course, known for being <laughs> Simba. This is our first film with Matthew Broderick. I, yeah, I, I feel like 1990s was a good era for Matthew Broderick. I mean, he did Ferris Bueller, he did Godzilla, he did Lion King, he did Home Improvement, he did this. I mean, this guy was everywhere. I mean, good for was, him. Was Inspector Gadget 90s? I think that was 2000s, man. Damn. Damn, Matthew. You, you dropped the ball in the 2000s. But trust me, Inspector Gadget may be on this show one day. Maybe Inspector Gadget 2. Did you know there was a second one? I've never seen anything Inspector Gadget related. So well, he's not a very good inspector. Uh, the whole joke is he's not very good at all. But we're rambling on. We're doing I'll Be Home for Christmas. Yes, the classic, classic Christmas tale. Now, now this one is is a sentimental one to me. Because I have always seen this one during Christmas times. Bartek, was this, again, one of the first times you've seen uh, an unappreciated masterpiece before having to do the show? Yes. Yesterday I saw Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Unleashed. No, that's, Awakens. that's the game. Force Awakens. I actually never remember the subtitle. 
Um, and then as soon as I came home, I said, well, this day can't get any more all right. Uh, then I immediately put on this movie and said, well, now this day is at its peak. And now it's at its peak. Now it's at its peak. Uh, yes, this is the one in which you, like, if you were in Australia... Now, Bartek, you may have missed this, but it was always one of these movies that was on Channel 7 during midday or 3 o'clock during the weekdays or, if you're lucky, the afternoon. And, I, you know, you just catch this movie on TV. Like, I never, you know, knew, like, I always thought, oh, is this just a TV Disney movie? But it's actually a proper Disney movie. And also, this is the first, is this the first Disney movie we've done? You saw Star Wars 7, which is also a Disney movie, <laughs> so that, that's yeah. a bit weird. But and, and Lion King's a Disney movie, of course, it's all connected. But is this? I think this is the first Disney film we've done on the show, and that is quite unusual because Disney's films are often not unappreciated, they're always appreciated or overappreciated, if you think the same about Little Mermaid, like me. You mentioned just then that um, this movie played on Australian TV just around yeah. Christmas. Yeah. That's funny because in Poland, here, you're saying that they played this unappreciated masterpiece. Yes. Whereas in Poland, they played, and this is the Polish name for that movie, Kevin Sam w Domu, which means Home Alone. <gasps> they played Home Alone? I mean, it, No, no, dude, they're obsessed with the movie. They play it every Christmas. Well, let's get obsessed with I'll Be Home for Christmas, which we shall be starting in 3, 2, 1, play. Yes, and here's the magic Disney symbol. Yes, so this is also our first show where we have no guest. It's just Bartek and myself, your two wonderful hosts. And what a better time of year to do it on our own. The festive season, one to be merry, one to be ho-ho-hoing. Bartek, how do you celebrate Christmas? Is there a special Polish celebrating way of Christmas, or do you just schlub around? Um, in Polish tradition, Christmas Eve, that's the 24th of December, you have a dinner called Vigilia. Of course. I don't um, know what that means, but yes. It's just the word for it. Um, and it, you, you know, you get together with family and the only rule is you can't eat meat except fish. So I, and I hate all seafood, including fish. So I always have something vegetarian. Oh, so cool. yeah, every Christmas Eve I'm a vegetarian, not by choice. Not by choice. Yeah. Not by choice. It's not even a religious thing. It's just a cultural thing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I eat meat. Uh, that's not fish. I also don't like fish. Uh, I don't mind seafood. I, 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 I just don't like fish, so don't get me started. Uh, Jessica, Jessica Biel is in this movie, mm. and one of my favourite actors of all time, and I'm not, I'm not joking here, one of my favourite actors of all time is in this as well, the legendary actor Gary Cole. Mm. Do you know Gary Cole? He, he was the dad. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and you may know him as uh, Harvey Birdman, attorney at law, and he's just one of those great actors that's in everything. Like he was in Office Space. That's probably what he's well, like one of his best known performances in is is Office Space, where he plays like his boss. And I just love him. Every time he's in a movie, he's always amazing. Like in this movie, he's like one of the top performers because he has to really emulate the idea of being a distressed father but also a negligent one because i mean look he's trying to entice his son home with a bribe Mm. and that's just not very good he's not as good as this ball but he's pretty this ball yeah Yeah. this ball is pretty good this ball it it stays here for almost the first two and a half minutes of the film and you know it just nails its performance i think it's funny like look at that it went flat oh never seen that before I like when its hat became a trumpet before. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was an emotional time. So I I know I don't have any special Christmas things. I just you know open presents, eat gigantic amount of food, and fall asleep, mm. and probably use the presents given to me. You know, if it's a game or a movie, most likely a movie, I'll watch it that day, probably. Right, if... And here we have high school university. Yeah! Yeah, I wasn't sure if he was supposed to be in high school. or And then it's obviously college. Like, it's obviously university. And I just... I lost it. I was like, oh, okay. So here's Matthew Broderick himself. Mm-hmm. The wonderful performer. Uh, you know, he here he is emulating such a wonderful performance. He's supposed to be playing a college young college school kid, yet he must be at least thirty eight by this point. I, I imagine it's you know, he's still playing a Ferris Bueller character in this. I mean, some might say he's stereotyped in his performances, but look, I think he's a diverse actor. Have yeah. you have you seen Godzilla? I have not. That's a lot of fish. That's quite a lot of fish. So well, the interesting thing is the vent is up there, but there's a shelf up there. So how did you get the... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But that's not important. What's so, important yeah. is this kid is 14 years old, probably. He looks like Frankie Muniz's younger brother or something. Uh, I think he I think he looks like a, a goblin-like creature. Maybe when I saw this movie, I didn't realize it was a fantasy movie. Because I saw him and I'm like, oh, it's a goblin. Uh, what's this? Like what's... I believe those are to clear your nasal passages so you don't snore. Oh, really? I, I don't know. No, they're like for blackhead removal, like poor. They look the exact same. But... Okay, they're poor things. And it's why one or the are they? Other. Why are they wearing them out in public? That's like like it's a fashion statement. I thought this woman was going to come back. Like I thought she was a really well defined character. Like look at her. I think she's really nailing this performance. Like you look. Mm. I'm I'm saying Oscar. Oscar-winning performance, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, look, she bites into it without even without even properly opening the wrapper. I mean... Well, maybe Matthew like, was just being, you know, careful and uh, he opened it for her. And here we have the first few examples of how Matthew Broderick is a gangster. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise this was a gangster movie. Like, I've seen this multiple times before, but I always forget the element that he's, like, actually a crime boss, pretty much, of his college. Like, he's the one forging stuff, and he's the one who's pretty much, like, got all the money because of, you know, illegal means. So, look, is this Goodfellas, but with Matthew Broderick? Yeah, it's like you take Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell, but, like, not... Not not Saved by the Bell, the college years, like, the earliest version, yeah, like, Good yeah. Morning Miss Bliss. He lo- he still looks 14 here, but he's in university. I love how every time in a podcast you have to mention how much you loved Saved by the Bell. Dude, have you heard I like Saved by the Bell. Yeah, I've, I've heard you mention how much you love it. Uh, look at Matthew go. I'm... Who would have guessed that after Home Improvement and Lion King, he would have moved on to one of... One of what? What's funny? Uh, what's good, Barsak? Uh, who would have guessed that he would have moved on to one of the best unappreciated masterpieces of the holiday season I've ever witnessed? You know, it was quite hard figuring out what should be our Christmas one this year. There were so many options because a Christmas... I love how Christmas is its own genre of film. Yeah. Like, What? And, like, how holiday films are their own genre of film. Like, they they live in their own little world. And it's very hard because there's so many ones that are unappreciated or, like, deserve more credit. It was, like, really hard because, Bartek, you were asking, like, are we going to do, like, Jingle All The Way or something or other? Or yeah, I, I couldn't this? remember what movie you said we were going like, to do. Like, and I was... I think about it, like, 
maybe Jingle All The Way will appear a few Christmases down the track if we keep doing this for a long period of time. I don't know. But the problem with Jingle All The Way is that is such unappreciated. Like, it, it borders on the line of unappreciated and appreciated. It is mm. that weird one. It's like, if you tossed a coin, it would be a toss-a-coin decision with that one because that one... But this one is clearly unappreciated. Like, yeah. if I said to anyone on the street, oh, have you seen I'll Be Home For Christmas with Matthew Broderick? They'll probably say... No, no, but I've I've heard Matthew Broderick's a really good actor and he's really diverse. Is it an example of how diverse he is? Yeah, yeah, it really is actually. Like, sure, he's playing a Ferris Bueller type character, but it's really diverse performance. A Zach Morris type character. A Zach Morris <laughs> Ferris Bueller character. Look, look, he he's Marty, he's pretty much like a young Marty Wolf from Big Fat Lie, of course. Maybe mm-hmm. this is a prequel. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe this is the prequel where he learns the true, true meaning of Christmas, Christmas, but then forgets it. Oh, here he is. Oh, you're... Saving grace of film. The Ed Man. Eddie. Eddie Man. The Edster. The Edmeister. He used a lot of different versions of his own name in this film. Uh, he is the new bully of the film. Like, you know, like, at first, Matthew Broderick was the bully because he's, like, bullying everyone. But now, like, this guy's dumb and a bully. Like, this follows in the tradition of in these unappreciated masterpieces, especially ones with young people or high schoolers, there's always a bully character, which is, you know, really good to have. Mm. And I feel like... I'm going to make a bold statement. I think he's the best bully character we've had on the show. Yeah. So far. Eddie, the Edster, or oh, Murph Man. All of them were like man names. Remember that period of time where everyone had man after the name in the late 90s? Bartman. Bart, Bartek Man, Rye Man. Bartwomiej Kaspshishak Man. The Brant Man. No one says bye bye to the Brant Man. I love, yeah, Matthew Broderick is just really selling his, like, I feel like you. Yeah, he's supposed to be playing, let's say, an 18-year-old, but he has the wisdom of a 38-year-old man, which is a good thing, because Matthew Broderick probably is 38 years old. And the appearance of a, what, (laughs) 14-year-old? Yeah, and the appearance of a 14-year-old. Like, I, I, you know, I couldn't get over the fact that this film exists. Mm. Like, Disney made this, and I feel like Disney, I guess, you know, we have this image of Disney, we put it up on a pedestal, we put Disney up, and we, especially with the animation, but when it comes to live-action Disney, it's like they're two different film film companies, like, this one, unfortunately for Disney, I feel a lot of the time, let's say 98% of the time, their live-action movies are terrible, or mm. not very good, then 1% of the time, they're amazing, and then the other percent of the time, they're this. Which is unappreciated. Yeah, and people hate it just because it's the cool thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, here he is, Gary Cole as the father. I love Gary Cole. I, I'm just a big Gary Cole fan. I'm very glad that he was in this movie. Like literally, Bartek. When I saw his name in the credits when I watched it yesterday, I like fist pumped. I fist pumped, <laughs> and I was like, "Yes, Gary Cole's in it." Like you know, the movie's going to be a credible film when Gary Cole is in it. Like you know how you see a certain actor say like. Gary Coleman. <laughs> Gary Coleman, who's no longer with us, uh, play an elf. You know it's going to be a good performance. I love Tracy. Uh, Stacy or Tracy, the sister mm. in this film. I wrote many times that she was just the best. Because if you watch her performance throughout the whole entire film, like, skip everyone else. I know it's hard not to look at Gary Cole. Uh, I'm having a hard time right now because he's the only one on the screen that's worth looking at. 
But if you look at the sister during all of this, like in her in the background and all that, she's just amazing. I just I want to know if she went on to do anything like Oscar winning performance. This I think from her, like she really sells being the younger sister. Bartek, do you have any younger siblings? I have a younger brother and a half sister in Poland, but you know, same father. So why why say the half part? We can just say sister. So is she like the sister in this movie, but speaks Polish? Yeah. Um, ah. she's not mean. What do you mean? This girl's not mean. She's just... But this girl has attitude. Attitude is, is worth it. Oh, here it is, the Porsche. Did I... Did they mention it was a Porsche? I'm not sure if they mentioned it was a Porsche yet. Have they mentioned it was a Porsche? I think it's a Porsche. It's a red Porsche. I'm pretty sure it's a Porsche. Have they mentioned that it's a Porsche yet? Because I'm not 100% from, if they mentioned it was a Porsche. From memory, I think he mentioned it was a Porsche only when he brought up the, um, the deal... The deal. Yes. Now, this is the amazing thing about Christmas movies. I love how Christmas, the only good Christmas movies like this one, most of them have this weird thing, Bartek, I don't know if you've noticed this, where capitalism and corporate greed is just number one factor of these films. Like, the driving force of this film is he's going home for Christmas, not for love, not for, you know, anything else. He's going there because... He's been bribed with the promise of the Porsche. I mean, spoiler alert, he learns the lesson in the end. But, you know, he starts out with negative, like, he starts out with poor intentions. Like, he starts out with greed. And I feel like that's very frequent in Christmas movies, oddly enough, where Christmas is supposed to be the time of year in which you're supposed to get gifts and be festive and all that. But obviously, obviously, it's supposed to be when you're at your best. You're supposed to be charitable. You're supposed to be good. You're supposed to be honest. All of this stuff. Yeah, I suppose Christmas values, the the exploration of the values are what you'd look at when you label a movie as a Christmas movie. Yeah, exactly. I think... I think that's the point, but I just love how... But with most of the films, not this one, obviously, this one's a masterpiece, but with other films, like Jingle All The Way, for instance, the corporate greed and capitalism is still the number one aspect of the film at the end. Mm. Like, they may have gone on journeys, but that's still the number one thing at the end of the movie. That's But this movie, obviously, it's different. It changes that. It's a You know, this is a game-changer of a film. Yeah, to his credit, to Broderick's credit... Uh, I reckon he'd play along with everything, like, part of the... Like, you know, the deal is, um... Not so much that he comes here to get the... Uh, here. Goes to New York to get the Porsche, but he, like, goes there to spend time with the family. I reckon he would spend the time with the family, you know, enjoy it at least. You know, he's there, he's gonna... May as well. Yeah, but no, I don't necessarily think so, because he loathes the idea of seeing the stepmother. Yeah, that's something that wasn't really explored. Like, towards the end, like, when the movie ended, I was like... Oh yeah, that's the stepmom. Like they they mention that the mum died, and that's the reason why he hasn't come. But that isn't explored at all. Well, it's a bit of a goof, isn't it? Because they say he hasn't been home for years, but yeah. his mum only died ten months ago. Like that's oh uh, yeah, like did they say ten months? Yeah, they said ten months, and he's already married onwards with this new stepmother. Like that's his big deal. Like he doesn't like the stepmother because his dad moved on so quickly after the death of the mother like mm. 10 months oh that's right yeah he tells the story to a lady later yeah he tells it to a lady that's like his major reason for not going home because i guess like his mother's no longer there so home is no longer there for him and his father and sister has moved on so quickly like they've already adapted to a new family environment while he still misses the old days 
it's a really poignant film. Yeah, and like you just said there, you have to see that in the film. The film doesn't have to tell you that. Yeah, sometimes films like the show and tell, but good with this one is it refuses to do either one. It doesn't want to show you anything or tell you anything, and that's a good thing because yeah. I just don't really want that in films. Already there's merit for me seeing it a second time. Oh yeah, I think I'd see it again. So, Bartek, this is the linchpin moment in which Eddie here, who, must I say, I feel like his hairstyle is very different in each scene we see him in. Like, I feel like Eddie's hair is a bit longer in some scenes and a bit shorter or well... Like, I don't know, I feel like each time I see Eddie, his hairstyle is a little bit different, which is okay, but it's just like, oh, that's Eddie. Like, each time, like, when I saw him when, uh... Matthew Broderick's uh, friend ran out of the school with the test. I'm like, oh, that's that's Eddie. Oh, he looks a bit different. I don't know, mm. maybe all white people look the same to me. You know, maybe. Uh, so, yep, it's already happened. Might I add, at the end of the day, that kid was never released from that locker. I was going to mention that, yeah. When I was reading up about the film, some of the you know trivia stuff that I was reading was pretty much assuming that that kid died and that Eddie got away with murder. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought at the end of the credits it was going to reveal that he's still in there and he's still like, help me, I'm, yeah, I thought it was funny, but okay. No, they're going on you know, Christmas break. No yeah. one's going to be there for a yeah, while. Yeah, he's dead. So this film deals with death. And look, he could have, this kid, Matthew Broderick, Ferris Bueller, um, Screech, whatever, I don't know. I, I only remember Screech is, from is Save by the Bell. Screech, apparently? I said Zach Morris, man. <laughs> I don't remember who it is. Um, here it is. He could have died in this desert. They could yeah. have actually... Eddie could have actually... Eddie is a mur- attempted murderer. Uh, and uh, he's in the Santa suit. This is the iconic image, because this film obviously is about Matthew Broderick being left in the desert, glued inside of a Santa outfit, and left to walk out of the desert and go all the way back home, and hilarious hijinks ensues. Now, this this vulture, I was very happy with the vulture. I thought it was going to be... Could you imagine it's a Disney film? Yeah. Like, you know, it could have gone in a different way. Like, okay, here's what I think could have made this an appreciated masterpiece. Now, imagine, Disney. What happens if this whole film was him and this vulture, and the vulture can talk, yeah. right? Well, apart from the talking, that's exactly what I thought it was going with. Him and the vulture can talk. Like, him as well. Like, Matthew Broderick can talk, but he can only talk <laughs> in vulture. <laughs> and the vulture can only talk in French. <laughs> <laughs> and he has a French accent, and he's like, ooh la la. I am Jean Renaud. And I start... Yes, Jean Renaud. I, I start in Godzilla with Matthew Broderick, so we go way back. Was like, John Renault in Godzilla? Yes, he was. He was the French guy. <laughs> oh, right. I think you mentioned that in Just Visiting. I did. Uh, look, see, I feel like Eddie looks different. But what I was saying was, I feel like it could have been like a hilarious little road trip adventure movie with Matthew Broderick and a vulture. <laughs> yeah, you can be but like... But you could say that's his marriage with Sarah Jessica Parker anyway, and yeah. that's hilarious and, and, you know, ha ha ha, she looks like a horse. Yeah, and so, a vulture. Ha, ha, ha. So he would like go to someone and try to swindle them, and then the vulture would be like, "Oh ho ho, you're getting swindled!" Oh. Like Jean Reno is doing a really stereotypical French accent. Mm. Like uh, how I go to my Italian friends and do you know the "Hey, how you doing, Drapan? Okay, thing. we just we just missed a bit. Okay, I'm Eddie sorry. recited poetry at her. 
Keep that in mind, okay? Oh. Eddie just recited poetry at her, and she gives this whole entire speech of, you know, if you if you say that kind of shit again, I'm going to slug you. If you're going to be racist, homophobic, I'm going to slug you. And I might just slug you from time to time because I hate you, basically. And all of this stuff, she wants to slug him. Later on, there's a plot point. You remember this, don't yeah, you? Yeah, when you just mentioned that he said poetry, I'm like, wait, what? Later on, she recites poetry that Matthew Broderick recites to her every now and then, like uh, E.E. Cummings, or isn't it? Or, yeah. Or is it later called Easy Cummings, which was a great sexual joke. He's a good rapper. Uh, yeah. And she makes this whole thing about, like, you know, I love guys, you know, he gives it to us when he recites poetry and that stuff. And the weird thing is the poetry that Eddie just recited wasn't even crap poetry. It was actually quite good. I was actually a bit shocked. Like, when I was watching it, I did write down what, Eddie's a poet now? <laughs> and then uh, then later on, they make a big deal about, like, he doesn't understand poetry, and the only poems he knows are, like, Man from Nantucket, and blah, 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 and, like, he's an idiot, and he doesn't like poetry, but he, and, like, and she's like, don't recite poetry to me, but he recited it earlier, so it's a complete contradiction, and that's what makes this film multi-layered. I mean, look, even the bird got a love interest. Mm. And I imagine it's a, you know, it's a happy ending for them. Because vultures need happy endings. Because in films, they're vilified too much. Speaking of, um, you know, stereotyped stuff, that tumbleweed there, usually they're just in the background, but he's getting right into it. Yeah, and he makes it a whole thing about how he's getting attacked by a tumbleweed. Yeah. Like, and also it's a part of his secret Nazi-coded message kind of thing in which he's like... Desert Santa buzzard tumbleweed. Like, what? I like this guy. Now, this is the amazing part of this film. The secondary characters? Yes, I agree. All of the secondary characters, his family, Eddie, everyone he meets along the way, are all amazing. Like, I wish I could write this stuff. That's the thing I can't get my head wrapped around. I'm starting to. I'm starting to, as we do more of these unappreciated masterpieces, I'm starting to understand. But the major problem I have is, as someone, you know, with a creative instinct, I look at these films and I just don't know how people could do them. Like, I wouldn't have come up with with some of these characters. I wouldn't have come up with this plot line. And I guess that's what makes them paid geniuses, you know? Not me right now, but hopefully watching enough of these films, I can get influenced and understand and be able to create pieces like these films because that's a major thing I can't get my head around, Bartek. I can't get around, someone wrote this. Like, somebody came up with right now that a bunch of old women who are Tom Jones fans are going to pick him up for a ride. I wouldn't have thought of that. So, Ryan, do you reckon at the end of, you know, this road of understanding, underappreciated I'll, I'll make my own and, unappreciated masterpiece. And unappreciated masterpiece. Do you reckon you'll make the next Nolan? Oh. As in the character Nolan from this film? I don't know. I was thinking, like, here's my idea. Okay. <laughs> like, obviously, I we'll make it a Christmas movie. Yeah. It's called Christmas with the Vultures. And it is exactly like this movie in which, you know, it's about the guy on the trip with the vultures. But meanwhile, Paul, a young Paul Giamatti plays like an Eddie-like character and he learns the true meaning of Christmas, which is corporate greed and lying. And I feel like, you know, you could have Jean Reno as the dad, like, no, as the voice of the vulture, but also play the dad, but he plays it with an American accent. So it's <laughs> like, you know how in some of these films, in some films in general, you have an actor play multiple roles for no apparent reason, but nobody else is playing multiple roles? Like Eddie Murphy in most of his films. And Kermit the Frog in that recent Muppets movie. Yeah, what a bastard. 
Oh, oh dear. This woman here, like, I like how she points at her car and there's like, she's like, we're going to see, we're TomTom girls, but there's no one else in the car when she points to it. I like how it, it seemed like she was going to help him anyway, but then he threw in a lie in there just cause. Yeah, what a dick. Well, I mean, what a good dick. What's new, pussy guy? Are you a big Tom Jones fan? That's uh, like the one song I know. <laughs> uh, excuse me, don't you know, uh, you know, What's New Pussycat and... Oh, it, it's not unusual. It's not unusual. Those are the two songs I know. And Sex Bomb? No, jeez, Sex right. Bomb, Sex Bomb, I'm a Sex Bomb. Is you that sung by Easy Cummings or something? No. <laughs> oh, I like this woman. I thought she was going to give him a blowjob for a second. <laughs> and it would have been really good because she has no teeth in. So it would have made it a lot better, I assume. Oh, this old woman here, the one who keeps using the phrase, what was it? She uses the phrase, um, yammied? What was it? He yammied in the car or something. Oh, the, for throwing up. Oh, well, well, yeah, yeah, like she keeps using this phrase, like, oh, Santa just yammied in your handbag. She's the nun from Blues Brothers. <laughs> I was watching her like, oh, who's this old bitch? Like, I know her as an old bitch. And oh, is she's the nun from... Bl- the, she's the I, nun. I thought you were talking metaphorically, but no, no the actress. No, the actress is the nun <laughs> from Blues Brothers. And again, is the nun from Blues Brothers the same character in this film? Like, down the line, <laughs> she's a Tom Tom fan? Because she's equally mean. Yeah. She's played by the same woman. She hates Santa. I mean, it all adds up. She removed his beard for him. She did freaking rip his beard off, and half of his face should have went with that. I mean, how is he not bleeding profusely? Because it's him. This was a famous line from Spin Posh brought to you by Bartek Kaspersak. It's him. It's him. (laughs) Trademarked. Put put that on the Facebook page. No. Uh, Look, I swear Eddie looks different here. Like, I don't know. Hold on, let's have a look at his hair from the front, because the last time it... Oh, the style is the same, but I think he keeps changing his shirts. Yeah, I think that's his problem. He keeps wearing different outfits, and I just can't handle that idea. Also, is he dressed for the near desert? I mean, I guess it is Christmas, but... Yeah, but But they established that there's no snow here anyway. Yeah, but I guess it's a little bit chilly. Like, he's got his sleeves rolled up, so, you know, he's fine. I love this. Eddie. Eddie. And he's just like, okay, I'm going to sprint into oncoming traffic to kill Eddie, basically. Oh, he doesn't want to kill him yet. He does. He does. As if you want to kill the guy who left you in the desert gluten set of Santa suit for death and then steals your girlfriend. Well, he'd want to swindle him. No, you want to kill him. I know Matthew Broderick. He's a killer. Did you know that? Oh, Matthew. Geez. No, no, literally. That's I'm not lying. Matthew Broderick has killed people. Look it up. I mean that. He he was in a uh, um, car crash and he killed people. And it was his fault. And he didn't get any jail time or anything because he's Matthew Broderick. Oh, but similar to that after Jenner. After that car crash, Matthew Broderick was never the same again. Like, you remember Matthew Broderick when he was, like, somewhat charismatic, like in this film, charismatic, uh, funny, energetic, but now you look at him and he's like a shallow husk of a man, and people might say, that's because he's married to Sarah Jessica Parker. No, it's because if you look in his eyes, you can see the haunted look of a killer, and I'm not joking. Look it up. Matthew Broderick has killed people, and that's not a wide-known fact. Matthew Broderick's a murderer. I like how Matthew Broderick here, oddly enough, uh, had enough time to write snarky signs instead of writing, like, real ones to help him out. And also he had a marker and several pieces of cardboard 
yet has not moved from the spot. And he just said that it's the worst day of his life. Ever. And that reminds me of Thunderpants. Mm-hmm. The classic film about farts. If you want to listen to our thoughts on Thunderpants, check it out, because we've already done that one. We're not going to do it again. Maybe. Maybe we could do it again, but only from the perspective of, of like, Paul Giamatti's character. <laughs> Yeah, because there's one point in that movie where Paul Giamatti like seems unsure of if everything's going. Or right. maybe we could do it again, but from the perspective of the farts, we could like rate the farts as we go. Yeah, along. we could rate them. Oh, this is emotional. I was actually, you know, in tears with this scene. Like tears rolled down my face. I'm like, oh, he's he's trying to be upbeat. He asks he asks real questions in this scene, such as. You know, like, between us Santas, you know, does, don't, you know, like, don't you get a suit? Yeah, him, he must. And does any guy look good in red? That's a real good question, because I never really thought that red was a colour that guys don't look good in. Bartek? Well, we did a show last year called Soviet Western where I wore a lot of red, so I reckon I'm pretty hot. So, according to Matthew Broderick here, who is a reliable source of information remember he's killed people so he understands life uh because he's taken it away from people uh has, has he ever worn red in films i think he has he's wearing red right now oh and he just blown. said oh my god is this the second matthew broderick christmas film wait let's think matthew broderick's in this and deck the holes with danny devito yeah yeah we, we could do that next year <laughs> Yeah, Deck the Hobbits with Ashley Broderick. And I like how she does look like a bag of shit in the morning. Like, look <laughs> at does. her. I forgot about this. She looks fucking atrocious in comparison to what she actually looks like. And she looks, he's just she like, looks like, you know, when you peep the, the, what do you call the paparazzis take a picture of a celebrity who's like just not ready uh, for a photo. She is, oh, this was haunting. Like, <laughs> like this guy, this is how I get. Now think, if this is the real world, this guy comes here and he's like, hey, Santa's been kicked out of his sled. Oh my lord, there's some guy in there. Well, I better pick up Santa Claus and poke the guy <laughs> with Santa to freak him out momentarily so that way I could tell him to get out. Oh, here he is. There we go, Here Nolan. he is. But it's like, I feel like this would be you in the film. I wish I could play a role like this. I think you would be Nolan, and I think I would be... Oh, so... The Vulture. No, sorry, no, that's John Renault. That's John already. I feel like I could play The Road... Well, you are big. I am big. I'm very large, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, in case you haven't seen what I look like, which is imaginable, but let's be honest, you probably have. I'm quite large, like the road. And I'm black with white stripes. That's what a zebra is, actually, fun fact. Is it? Yeah, like, I always thought it was white with black stripes because there's more white, but apparently scientists have you know, put one chemical into another and decided that it's black with white stripes. Science. Another time to ruin fun questions of life. Like, I thought, yeah, science ruined the idea that the light bulb turns off in the fridge for me. I just thought it stayed on the whole time. But thanks to science, ruined everything. Uh, Look, he he killed Santa Claus, which would make this a different movie. Mm. Also, when he... The, suddenly the rail got longer. Yeah, yeah, the rail was no longer there, and then it was there. Because uh, this film defies reality. Like, the film is very much set in reality, 
it very much is set in reality, Definitely. but then it's not set in reality. Like it, it is a film that is like, hey, let's not be set in reality. Like I like how he's like, oh thank God. Like oh yeah, like his foot didn't come out. Yeah, because there, if he did fall into the shoe, there wouldn't be snow covering him. Exactly. He, he would have fallen out first, or only his foot would have fallen out. There yeah. wouldn't be snow under him, so he'd be the first thing to fall. Out. A nice little tree. No, oh, this is the best part of the film. Like this actually had me in stitches. The I've never been happier to answer that question. Yes, you are alive. It's like wait, you've been asked that before. Yeah, like maybe twelve times. Like what's this guy up to? And then you find out he's a criminal. Superhero. And you find out he's a criminal. So maybe he's had to leave fallen criminals behind with the blood on his hand look wouldn't it be weird if we had a film about nolan and his crime history like in you know like how we hear we see those 12 instances and he's just like I reckon he could get his own gta game because that way you get his story and then some side quests oh grand theft nolan gtn games gtn oh we'll say gtn it sounds all like political or economical what's, what's gtn i don't know but it just sounds like gpn now you're changing it GTA, Grand Theft Nolan. That's GTN, Grand Theft Nolan. No, Grand Theft Auto, Nolan City. I was about to say that, yay. Vice Nolan. <laughs> Grand, Grand Theft Auto 5, Nolan. That's the DLC. Yep, or like Grand Theft Auto, and then like you have the Roman numeral for 5 in the N for Nolan. VN. <laughs> no, no, like, it's a part of the N, because your yeah. yeah, capital N goes like that. Oh, like, I see what you're saying, And, yeah. like, it is a five, like a Roman numeral for five, it's like Nolan. And then just crayon to make it in the And N. you could do it with each other, like, you have the Roman for one, and that's, like, the L in Nolan, and then for two, you don't do it, because it doesn't work. Did you know that the people that make GTA are Scottish? Really? Mm-hmm. Did Rockstar's you, a Scottish company. Did you know Matthew Broderick killed people in Ireland? I'm pretty sure it was Ireland. Really? Yeah. Check it, check it out. He's killed Irish people. I'm pretty sure. It's kind of weird because I could feel like Matthew Broderick could play a leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine if this film was Irish? Like, you know, no, if it was set on St. Patrick's Day and it's like a film about... St. Oh Patrick's Day values? <laughs> Yes, in Patrick's Day Valleys. Like, it's a Catholic film, and he gets left in the desert glued inside of a leprechaun outfit. You could really make this film again and again, but for different holidays. Like, what about what about Hanukkah? You could have him glued inside of a dreidel or something. <laughs> a dreidel, that's a good costume. I like how Nolan interprets this. Yeah, like, he's like, I will kill them. Here's the thing. Did we even find out in the end if that was them? Um, I, well, what's his face? Matthew Broderick noticed. No, he Do you no- not take his word? No, no, he noticed it was the same kind of car, but we didn't actually find out if it was them. We just have to take the word for it. Oh, uh, yeah, I, uh, well, I did. I just assumed he was right. I assume he's right, too, but what happens if he's wrong? Um, then Nolan will go, oh, wrong car. And too bad they're dead, and then you'll you'll get asked a thirteenth time if they're still alive, <laughs> and he'll be very glad not to answer it this time around because he did murder people. So those of you who have been watching every movie that we watch and listen to the episodes, oh. you will recognize that this actor who's playing the policeman coming up is, is a, a returning star. Yes, 
Yes, when he comes on the screen, Bartek, tell everyone who he is and what he's from because he is such an amazing performer. I mean, I'll give you some ideas of what other things he's been in. He's been in the Princess Diary movies, which is also Disney. Connection? I think so. Maybe he's the same character. I don't know. I don't know. But he is an emotional performer and we've already seen his... Shatner acting once, and we get to see it again mm-hmm. in this great. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my Jesus Christ! I there he is. I nearly lost my lunch. Yep. So do you all recognize him yet? Yes. Does everyone recognize this amazing performer playing the policeman? Because you better. He was from the Princess Diaries and Big Fat Liar. Yes. And who was he in Big Fat Liar? He played an authority figure there. He played the security guard at the Marty Wolf Studios. Yes, he played the security guard in Big Fat Liar. Spoiler alert, who joins the kids in their efforts at the end for no apparent reason. And that was my major issue with the film <laughs> when we when we did it in the first episode. If you go back and listen to that podcast, you'll hear me go on about how I did not understand why he joined them. But maybe this film is going to give me some answers. I guess maybe his role in this film was just so amazing that they just had to like shove him into the film no matter what like I know it's been four years and they just couldn't think of anything because like, could you really give this guy justice with any role yeah exactly exactly ah uh, Nolan's creepy smile is haunting me like I feel like whatever we do like on the page I might not even put a quote I think I just put that <laughs> picture of him smiling really creepily when I was watching this last night with my with my uh, girlfriend, she ran and we was like, so is he supposed to be disabled? And I'm like, who? And she's like, Nolan. And I'm like, what? And she's like, is he supposed to be playing, is he actually disabled? Is he supposed to be playing mentally disabled? And I'm like, what? I just thought he was dumb and southern fried and like a hick. But I guess there's a new way to interpret this film because... If my girlfriend thought of that, that means someone else out there in the world has also asked that question. Mm. And it is an emotional question to ask of, is a character mentally retarded in a film? Hmm. But it's like, what's your, what's your reply to that? Do you think? Um, well... Could he, could he be mentally disabled? About as much as Tom Hanks, I guess. Tom Hanks the actor? Well, I mean, he played in that one movie, Forrest Gump. Ah, Forrest Tom Gump. Tom Hanks seemed to be, you know, going through uh, a rough time. I haven't... I've, I think I've seen Forrest Gump. Yeah, I have, but I don't really watch appreciated films. I watch unappreciated films. Well, I mean, the other one I was going to mention was Simple Jack from Tropic Thunder. Ah, oh, Simple Jack. What about that Robin Williams film in which he played a simple guy? I think it was just called Jack, and I think it was directed by Ron Howard. I thought and, you were going to say that one where he played the Doctor. Uh, Doctor Seuss. <laughs> uh, the, the one with the red noses. Oh, something, something. It was the guy's name. Um. Oh no, no, no. I got it. I got it. It's um. Uh. One hour photo. There it is. (laughs) Check that one out. Robin Williams. Robin Williams is such a nice guy in that movie. He plays a friendly doctor. No, what was the name of that movie? I've forgotten now. Patch Adams. That's it. Patch Adams. Patch Adams is the one in which he works in a photo. Um, developing shop and he falls in love with this family that has been developing photos for their entire life and he gets to the point of stalking them and other moral ambiguity goes so check out one hour photo if you want fun Robin Williams being a doctor and check out Patch Adams if you want 
serious Robin Williams being creepy and sad. So is that first movie you were talking about where he's the stalker, is it as good as the cable guy with Jim... Better. Better. Carrey? Jim, I almost said Jim Jeffries. Jim, Jim Carrey? Yeah. You're like Jim Carrey. Hey, Carrey. Uh, do you think... Uh, um, oh, oh, we missed the part where they're... Where they're crying. They've learnt the true meaning of Christmas. Yeah, that kid actor was terrible. He was fucking <laughs> atrocious. I don't care if he speaks another language and that his English may not be as superb. He was still shit. I would have called cut and asked for a different kid. I don't care. Patrick this Smash. is the part of the film in which Patrick Smash or Bruce Cook <laughs> yes. could have been that kid. What was he up to then? I'll give you an answer. Not anything, because he didn't act before Thunderpants. So, you know... <laughs> Yeah, Bruce Cook could have sat there and it was like, he could what have do you sat want there for Christmas? Like, spoke I with... want to stop my ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would be like, help me ass. And he would just be like, <laughs> and then Paul Giamatti <laughs> smells it. And he goes like, ah. No, 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 no. And Paul no. Giamatti goes, ah, I'll join NASA now. And then I'll run a movie studio. No, no, Patrick Smash would fart. <laughs> and then Paul Giamatti would come out of his ass like a genie. A green one? Yeah, why not? I mean, the... and he would be like, "Sim, Sim, Salap." Yeah, the, the uh, Disney already has a blue genie, played by I do Robin no, Castellaneta. No, I think it was played by no. What's that actor? Genie from a Aladdin. I think it was played by the emotional actor Ben Affleck. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say the genie from I Dream of Genie. Oh, Barbara Gordon. No, that's not her name. That's Barbara Gordon for Batman. <laughs> her name's like Barbara Eden, I think. Da, 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 and that's da, da, da. a real piece of information. Oh, yeah, I love how he was just like, help me. And he's just like, I will. And he gives him a hug. and like, yeah, You owe me something. Yeah, and he's like, didn't want to leave you hanging. So here he is. Now we get his storyline because... What's this film about? It's about a boy who gets glued inside a Santa suit and wants to go home, right? Mm-hmm. To get a Porsche. But it's more than that. It's about a guy who goes from who goes from place to place, putting things right that once went wrong, and hoping that the next leap will be the leap home. He's an angel. Like, I love how there is a point in the film in which he's dressed inside of the Santa suit and somebody's like, you're lucky you're dressed in that suit or they like would have punched him or something. And he's like, yeah, I'm starting to feel lucky about it. And I'm like, yeah, it is true. Like, this guy gets... Wasn't that a- right at the very end? Yeah, near the end. He's like, that is true because this kid gets... A- I mean, Matthew Broderick, grown man, but playing a kid, gets away with a lot of shit in this movie because he's dressed like Santa Claus. Like, at the end of this movie, he should have been in jail. He stole many things. He fair evaded. I mean, he did so much shit that was bad. Can't arrest Zach Morris. Yeah, you can. Oh, okay. My mistake. No, this is a cruel trick to play on poor old Gary Cole. Think, Gary Cole's only got a few things left in his life after his wife died. He's got this new woman who's, you know, okay. She's fine. To be fair, we don't know anything about the first woman yeah i imagine she was great and then the sister here the daughter plays a cruel trick saying there's a scratch on the porsche this is one of the very few things he has left of his former life life left over and this horrible girl who i think is an amazing performer that little bit where she giggled oscar nomination performance i'm I'm telling you but 
He he doesn't deserve that. He's just a poor guy who wants to see his son on Christmas and drive around in the Porsche. And this girl is ruining his life by making cruel comments about him needing mm. to get a life. Yeah, you should have read the original script for that scene. What was it? She was like, get a life, Dad. And then he picks her up by, you know, the collar and he's like, I had a life. The woman whose pussy you came out of. And <laughs> yeah. now she's gone and I'm trying to make do with all I have left. And then he grabs, and then he goes into the, like the the fireplace area, and he sits there and he drinks a brandy, and he just looks at the picture of the wife and like strokes the frame. He's like, "I miss you, honey." And then you see the picture is Paul Giamatti in a wig. <laughs> okay, so the woman was better than the current one. <laughs> yeah, it's Paul Giamatti. No, 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 no. And then you see, oh my god. Then you see, like he strokes the picture, and he's like, "It's Paul Giamatti in a wig," and then he's like. But I, you know, and then you find out, like, that was only his third wife. And he's like, but I miss you most of all, second wife. And it's like Rupert Grint from Thunderbirds in a dress. And then he goes, but out of all the wives that have died, suddenly they give me enough money to buy a Porsche. I miss you most of all, first wife. And of course, it's Kangaroo Jack himself yeah. in a dress. And he just goes, hip Hop, hippity hop. And he just like, a single tear rolls down his face. This is an emotional scene. Yeah. I love this guy in at the table. He's like, she must be a babe. Yeah, I was wondering who that was. I was like, is that Brad Pitt or something? But Yeah, no, it's, it's... <laughs> it's Brad Pitt. <laughs> Did you know it was Brad Pitt? Like, if I pause the movie here, you'd think it was Brad Pitt. Uh, I thought it was more Josh Brolin. You know yeah. Josh Brolin? I've no, I know the name. Yeah, have you seen No Country for Old Men? I saw a scene from it. He's like the main guy in it, like the okay, main yep. cop. He's he's in lots. Just you you know him when I show you a picture of him. You're like, oh, Josh Brolin, of course. Oh, he's right there. Yeah, and there's is that Tony yeah. Abbott. <laughs> 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 like really old Tony Abbott. Yeah, no. What do you mean really old? You mean really young? Because this is 1998. Yeah, and Paul, well, I Tony Abbott gets has, younger. He ages backwards when he drinks the blood of innocent babies. Uh, I thought he was like from that Brad Pitt movie where he gets younger. But oh, Fight Club. Benjamin uh, sleeve. Benjamin Button sleeve. Fight Club. I couldn't think of another killing word for them. buttons. I just said sleeve. Killing them softly. You could have said it in Polish. So here we have the... Oh, wait. Well, the truck has to move. Oh, first. yeah. Yeah. Convenient plot device. Yeah. Here we have it. No, this is a Disney film. How do you feel, Bartek, that it's taken us... How many episodes are we in now? Five? Seven? Six, seven? I think seven. this is the seventh. Seventh episode... Seventh Heaven is also what Eddie and Jessica Biel are from. Before doing this, yeah, so that's I, I the connection. Seventh film for it to be our first Disney. I feel like Disney is a reputable uh, film distributor, but they also have some really good films that are unappreciated. Like, have you seen Old Dogs? I don't think so. With Robin Williams and John Travolta. Oh, that's a nice cast. And Seth Green. That's a very nice. And cast. Seth Green gets high on drugs, and it's a kids' film. Oh, kids film. And it was originally made, made as an R-rated comedy, but then they edited it down to a kids <laughs> movie. And the dog, like, for instance, you know, like, Seth Green gets, like, in Tokyo, and they inject it full of drugs, and then they leave him with a gorilla, and the gorilla's, like, violently raping him or something. Like, we have to do that film on this show. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, dogs. Oh, look, I love how it gets automatically sexual now. 
Like he's like, yeah, the velvet skirt of the Christmas tree. And everyone laughs because that's such a gentleman. And they're like, oh my god, he's gonna do on the anus on the Christmas tree. Yuck. Yucky. Yucky. That's Especially because where... your tree is so tiny. Yeah, and that's where poop comes from. Yeah. From the butt. Uh, do you think that she's the most beautiful woman ever? Uh, the cow? No, the, yeah, the woman. Just as cow. I don't know, man. I, I could say yes, but then Tony Abbott would hit me because he's a real woman right I now. I think she's very okay. Like, I think... We watched a movie last podcast called Surf Ninjas. He's the blowjob joke. He is a blowjob joke. Yeah, yeah. Do it. Don't see it. And um, we watched Surf Ninjas last week where the main actress was okay. She wasn't that pretty. But this woman's a lot prettier. And that's saying something about that other actress from that other film. But hey, yeah, that's, that, that, that's for previous podcast. Let's focus on, on focus on this magic movie. Look at him. He's happy. They're doing it. Like, they're, they're kissing. They're making out. And they're this hugging. is they're hugging. He'll make it out first. I love how he has the the tickets now. I was worried. There's a scene coming up in which he oh, sees yeah. Eddie and the chick oh. kissing. Uh, you, you you raise your one after Eddie and the chick kissing on the TV. I was worried he was gonna do something stupid and like go no fuck the bus. I'm gonna go there. And it's like how are you gonna get there? But then he's actually on the bus, so it's okay. A lesser film would have done that. What were you going to say? I was alluding to this next scene, which he goes to the toilet. Oh, with the kid. Yeah, because it's it's very... Uh, Out of nowhere? Yeah, and I figure, like, there was going to be a conflict there, because, you know, tickets, they're made of this thing called Pepper. Paper. Peppers. Yeah, peppers. And, like, peppers, when they touch weight R, or water, sorry, water, um, they get all, you know, messed up. Yep. That's so true. I figured like the someone was gonna use water on the paper. Uh. Yep. I I think that was a general fact. I say, look, this guy is full of ideas. They may not be as philosophical or as like why are we alive. He's asking the little questions. Okay. Here's what I don't get: is right. Sometimes you need people to ask the big questions, like the meaning of life. You need philosophers, but you need people to ask about the little questions, to question the little things. To question little things because you can challenge the little things easier. You can change those little things. The bigger things are the harder ones. That's why they're worth endeavoring after. But how can we change the world if things cannot be changed, if you don't ask about them in the first place? And this guy's asking questions. Mm -hmm. This guy is inquisitive. He is a three-dimensional character. The Ed Man talks in third person and it's amazing because we need more th- third person talking from people like the Edman. yeah look the reality is he is just one person so even if he <laughs> does ask the questions there's a chance that you know nothing would come of it but if nothing else it's really charming that you can find these questions yeah exactly and the fact is even if he can't change them he's still willing to investigate or at least inquire about them and that is noble. That's the one and thing I think about Eddie. Even though he did despicable thing by nearly murdering this guy, uh, Matthew Broderick, I think he's a noble guy. Yeah. So yeah, screw not, you. Not all. Hashtag not all Eddies. Yeah, screw you, Jessica Beale. Why is intelligent life's missing? So you see in the mirror, this kid's like just staring at him like, 
you know, the AD's like, all right, step in there and just stare at him and listen to his lines. But, like, he, it looks like he's getting ready to do something. Like, he's getting ready to take a massive do. What was that in Big Fat Liar? A uh, massive dookie or something, right? Dookie? A dookie. Yeah, yeah alright. <laughs> he, he did a massive dookie in the toilet and he just wants to get out of there because the stink's so bad. But this Santa Claus is like, which one's better? Ho, ho, ho. Or, ho, ho, ho. Or, what was the last one? It was like, ho, ho, ho. And it's just like that if you want to scare people and make them run the third one. I like that that's the reason why he gets rid of the beard. Mm. And I feel like we've said goodbye to an important character then, the beard. We haven't talked about the beard. Now, Bart's like, you have a beard. Did you connect to that character with a beard? Um, Like the beard itself. The character of the beard. I cried and I bled in the scene where (laughs) the nun from Blues Brothers ripped off the beard. Cause, like, Did your beard quiver? Because not a... Here's a rape joke coming up. Yeah, and um, she even says it's a rape joke. She's <laughs> even like... and Look, and he's witty. Like, he actually said something. Like, like, he said something witty. He's like, I'm a witty guy. This is what I love. This film could have been lesser, right? I've seen people, like, we'll get to the reviews at the end, but there were a lot of negative reviews for this movie, saying it was two-dimensional. But moments like that, you really have to take in with this, because Eddie could just be a two-dimensional, lying, douchebag, asshole, bully. But with moments like that, and moments where he's inquisitive, and nice moments... It just makes him a three-dimensional character, and yet on a level more despicable. Mm. I like how Matthew Broderick Morris Zach had the time. Screech. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. How Screech had the time to you know, even though he was on his way home, just roll, spin that thing around a few times. Yeah. Uh, did you know where the movie was set at the start, Bartek? Uh, the college was in New. No, not New. Is California somewhere? Los Angeles, California. Yeah. Which is in Los Angeles, yeah. California. And that's where Surf Ninjas also took place. And both of these films are in the 90s. Maybe both of them are the same film. Did you know that the black guy from Surf Ninjas, Tony Loke, actually has a song called Moto Surfing? Oh, we need to listen to that. This Appa- bus apparently tra- it was in the soundtrack of the movie, but I don't know if it played anywhere. This bus driver is going to have a nervous breakdown. I like he, the lighting. He reminds me of Tony Shalhoub. Like, you know, the TV show Monk? I've heard of it. The t- detective who's got obsessive-compulsive disorder and he's, like, afraid of germs and shit. He reminds me of Tony Shalhoub. Have you watched Men in Black? Of course. The guy that they keep shooting the head off? The villain of the first movie, was it? He- he's in both movies. Like, he's the guy who has all the information and he always shoots his head off and it grows oh, back. yeah. That guy. He looks like that guy, but not in Men in Black because he's really... What is this guy all about? Is that Kevin James? No. <laughs> no, it's not. Here's what I loved. I had not uh, See, now, we've watched a series of these films, and I've said this multiple times on each podcast. It's hard not to interconnect them. It's hard not to make them all a part of the same universe, same things, because it's, it's fun to do that with movies. But when I watched that scene where the guy's got the meat, I had like a, a like a numb flashback of my opinions <laughs> and feelings of Big Fat Liar, where there's a scene in which they're at summer school and there's a guy with a ferret in his <laughs> pocket and there's this like weird shit for the sake of it. And this guy with his meat and barbecue sauce or Worcestershire yeah, sauce at least or whatever, it's relevant. It is relevant. <laughs> Unlike Big Fat Liar's Ferret Guy, where it was relevant in the fact that we discovered that the semicolon is a lie. Mm. Now, yeah, would you really believe that someone's organs when it's clearly written in green and red crayon? Well, I mean, you gotta check it, right? And that's what they do. Where's the guy with the meat? Wouldn't he realise that's his meat? Oh, here he is. 
Oh, okay. He's going nuts. This guy's going to have a oh, breakdown. Love... Best character in the film. Yeah, just this military-looking guy just suddenly appears and gives him a huge speech. And he's like, you know in films where they, at the end or at some point someone has, like, a main character has an inspirational speech? Yeah. This guy has been in the film I... for, like, 40 seconds and he gives the inspiration as soon speech. as he appeared I'm like oh wow I, as soon as he appeared I got a little bit uh, turned on because you know who he reminds me of Duncan from Big Fat Liar the one who I found out of all the podcasts the only character I found sexy which is, one was Duncan he was the president of the film company in Big Fat Liar oh right yeah this guy is a sexy man the soldier and he knows how to dominate and he knows how to just do it right like he's a soldier you could tell like this guy I wouldn't be surprised if he actually was a soldier and they just had him on they're like oh yes yeah just wear your uniform mate like he did his auditions and like he came to set in his uniform like why not like they gave him the role after he was just introducing himself Colonel James yeah I mean it's not unheard of oh yeah he's wearing like multiple clothes yet it's summertime no, no, it's winter. It's winter. Duh. Oh, yeah. No, that's okay, because they're it's now... It's summer for us, and we know because we're sweating right now. Oh, I am. I am. Yay! Uh, sweating. You can hear it if I lean into the mic. No. That's a sweating. <laughs> Sounds like something else. I like this. Everyone's like, yeah, you save that girl, Santa. Go, Santa, go. Go, Santa, go. Everybody shut down. This guy's going to break down. Like, he's going to kill people, that bus driver, one he, day. He should be in, like, a tag team fight with the bus driver from Billy Madison. By, played by Chris Farley. Is that the actor? Yeah. Yeah. He was going to play Shrek. No talking on the bus. Oh, well. Then he died. <coughs> uh, then, he, yeah, Chris Farley died. Uh, I love this whole scene in which he's like, That's it. I'm a nice guy for too long. I'm going to be tough. This scene is reminiscent to a scene in, in the film called Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I've seen that twice. And where Steve Martin goes off at the chick from Ferris Bueller. And this is similar because it's Matthew Broderick. So I like how they're throwing him out and there's no resistance. Like, he's just like, okay. Like, that was like the <laughs> yeah, he... weakest thrown out of a door I've ever seen. Like, yeah, he landed being... on his feet. Yeah, that, that, I don't mind that, but, like, they're carrying him, and he's not even struggling. He's like, okay, this is fair. I did wrong. Like, and that's good, because at this point, he's learning. He's He's got character development, because at the start, he wouldn't have learnt that he was doing wrong. But now he knows, and he just continues to do so, because he loves this girl so much that he's willing to steal this, like, you know, this room list from this poor cleaning woman who have to go back to her office and start all over again. I mean, look... She's devastated. Yeah, how like, devastated. like how would you feel if like your IMDb printoffs of the reviews suddenly went missing? I would cry, and I'd have to make up some reviews. And no matter how easily I could do that, it would never be as good as some of the reviews that we've got here this afternoon. Oh my oh, god, Bartek! Now, now I'm getting pumped, and you can't pump me too early. Yum yum yum, <laughs> Bartek! You know I've been very happy with you during this podcast because during every single podcast since Thunderpants, you've had some random moment of racism out of nowhere. Really? Yeah. You should really listen to it. Each time I'm like, oh, racism with Bartek. And I'm just wondering, with people who don't know you, they're going to be listening to them. And say they listen to all of them. They're going to have this character idea of you where you're like the guy who makes random racist comments. And then when they meet me in real life, they realize how boring I am. Look at him. He's naked there. And he's like, fighting foul. Fighting foul, <laughs> fighting foul. Yeah, I, I was, I, I thought it was gonna go like he's, he's gonna really punch well, him in the dick. No, I thought it was gonna just be really well hung, and that would end the movie right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they sh- and, like the credits are 
the credit text going across his dick. <laughs> <laughs> and as it goes along, it's getting slightly harder. And by the end of the credits, it's, like, fully erect. And and then, like, you know how, like, at the end, they have, like, the last credit symbol. It's like he just, like, comes onto the screen and it just says the end. And you just have the words at the end after that. It says, thanks, Eddie's dick. <laughs> Starring Matthew Broderick. Okay, hold on. Jean the- Renaud, Eddie's dick. This right here, like, she was really perceptive of the fact that he mentioned like six o'clock and he mentions that's when dinner's ready that's that's true though that is true but it's not really I eat mine at like seven yeah but but like in this movie six o'clock is when the dinner's gonna happen like she just picked up like there's a hidden meaning to this what are you talking about it's because he's a liar haven't you watched the movie yeah but he's telling but no he's not he's not he's telling half a truth which is worse than telling a full lie but yeah well you know, but 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 he uh, he muddles me because you interrupt me. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's because you didn't have much of a point to make. No, no, but it, it really struck me because like he just said I have to be home by six o'clock, and she's like, "Why? What's happening at six? Sex? He could have obviously just said dinner. What do you think? And that would have just dinner. settled that. Yeah, I like how they're all like they don't even yell at him for being bad. Like, the bus driver's like, right. And then, you thought, I thought the army guy would, like, grab him or something. Or, like, people would yell at him, but nobody's yelling at him for lying about this organ thing. Well, maybe only the bus driver thinks he was lying, and everyone else is like, shut up, bus driver. No, but yeah, they can you're all, never right. They can all hear him. Yeah, but they're I like, oh, he's, a, he's Santa. Santa doesn't lie. Santa doesn't lie to all the little girls and boys. And the Mexican boy. Yeah, that Mexican boy was shit. I don't care what you say. I want if you want to have fight me on this, right on the page, right, Ryan. I want to fight you about this Mexican boy because he was rubbish. I don't care. This film has one negative moment, like one critique. It's that boy was shit. Now look at Eddie. He looks different there because <laughs> he's not naked. Uh, I love how they're friends now. Like, they're like, yeah, I'm single. Let's be bros. Yeah, yeah, I got rolled. Like, they're just... I actually pissed myself laughing because they're, like, the best of bros now. Like, like nothing's gone wrong between them. Yeah, and for another minute. But, like, but it was worth it because I, like... Here's the thing. This shows that these guys are the two sides of the same coin. You know what I mean? They're both the same dude. Except for one is sleazier than the other and that's up to you to pick which yeah. one that is yeah and Eddie you know he's got his own set of values which get challenged in this speech right here that um, Zach Morris Broderick is giving Screech um, and like even though he knows he's doing wrong like he even says that it would be inhuman of him to do what he's doing right now he's like look you've challenged my values I can't have you here He's a, he's a noble guy. Like, he's got his values. He's going to stick to them. Can I just skip ahead and just say one of my favourite moments in this film <laughs> is... <laughs> Do you want to take a guess? Is it the uh, calling those two Christmas tree jingle balls? <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. 
Eddie pulls up to like this roadblock and there's two guys dressed as Christmas trees. It's like, yo, jingle balls, get out of the way. And then they turn around and they're policemen. And they turn around really slowly. And I love when we see it. I'm going to be laughing so hard. There's one cop. I think he was a, the black cop. I'm pretty sure. The one on our left, the left of the screen. He has the most intense look and intense to piercing eyes I've ever seen in a film ever like he like he looks like he's gonna kill this guy and i like how that is in the film and then look 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 at this i wouldn't have thought of putting this in a movie the 5k santa run Mm. and i like how he wins yeah spoiler he wins i mean here's the point i don't get is you know there's all these santas like there's so many and what like this kid is the only one who can really have a chance other than like the slim, athletic, stereotyped black guy. Did you know that guy, that that Santa was Kenyan? Yeah. Yeah. Did they mention that? <laughs> no. Well, there is one place where that proves he's Kenyan, and it's you know indisputable. The credits. He's called Kenyan Santa. Ah. So they, they didn't even just say like black Santa or anything. They specifically think, said Kenyan. I think we have to keep an eye on this because I think they do mention that he's something when he runs past. Like, oh, we may have trouble against Kenyan Santa. <laughs> Kenyan Santa. I like how the mayor, like, spoiler alert, the guy who gives him money to let in is the mayor of the town. Mm. He's such a nice guy. Yeah. But here's the problem. I see him in the Santa suit. I go, okay. But then I see him outside the Santa suit and I just go, I don't see how this guy could have got first place. Unless everyone chips in to, like, take a dive so he can give <laughs> the money to the children in need. Because that's the thing. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. The mayor... Polish color balloons. Santa Polish colors, too. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't mention that straight off the bat. Because well, oh, the belt and the shoes Sparky are Sparky Floaty won the state marathon ten years ago. I love this. And now he's got a long removal. And he's like... <laughs> and he's like, okay. This guy will give us a run for his money. So, Kenyan? Yeah. Yeah, and his oh, name is Kenyan. Yeah, Kenyan Santa. Oh, Santa's. I love how Kenyan Santa is wearing a completely different Santa outfit. Like, he's got, like, the running suit Santa outfit. Like, he's got the slim build, the glasses. He's not wearing a hat. He's wearing a helmet with, like... <laughs> did you see this? He's wearing a helmet with, like, a white fluff ball on the end of it. And I just find that the best part of his outfit is that his helmet is the hat. Okay, I thought something looked weird about him. Like, I thought, oh, yeah, he's really skinny, but I guess, yeah, he's no, no, also no. wearing yeah. a helmet. Yeah, you have to see it. Like, oh, I saw it just there, yeah. Yeah, he's wearing a helmet. I want a close-up of it. Yeah. Where are you, Kenyan? There he is, and he's oh, wearing yeah. a helmet, and on the back of it... So he can't win. No, he can. I, it still counts as a hat. But he has to wear, wear the one that they give him. No, no, they... No, they oh, no, they gave... Oh, he, they if gave you don't have there. a hat yeah. or something, they provide it. Yeah, but okay. everyone else looks like they brought their own hats because none of the hats look like the hat he is given. They all look like specialized different hats. Like, look at them. One's a big and fluffy. Some are skinny. Like, look at the mayor's hat. His one's massive. Yeah, and Kenyan Santa doesn't even have a Santa beard. He's just got a... Oh, here's your part. Oh, here it is. Polish color. Oh, my God. Hey, Jingle Balls. Move your candy canes. Look at him. Look at him. He's yeah. the most... Wait, wait. Here it is. <laughs> Jesus loves Santa Bless you Santa That nun is really getting with it And yeah. the priest looked at her like You're a whore <laughs> He did You have to rewind it Look back yeah, yeah. Oh yeah yeah Good thing for running Stop have cookies and milk Yeah that's gonna really it's help a, you it's run a, It's a Santa joke Santa loves cookies and milk Yes I get it It's a joke for Santa I could really do with a nice cold glass of milk right now 
Thanks. I, I, have I like how there's water. a dog. I like how there's a dog in the race. I like how he comes back. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, oh, oh, oh. What happens if the dog won? Does the owner of the dog get the money, or do they no, give it the to the dog? Gets it, or man. does the dog get it? He just like licks it and buries it. <laughs> she fell. That uh, it fell. Uh, oh, he's got a beard. He's, so he's got a beard. So in preparation for this episode, um, I I googled, I'll be home for Christmas trivia, and there was an I'll be home for Christmas quiz. Yeah. And like I was gonna do it, but then the questions were all really difficult. Such as one of them was what number. Uh, does Matthew Broderick have in this scene? And I 124. Well, 184, so you got it wrong even though it's in front of you, but I couldn't remember that. And one of them was like, what's the phone number he dialed? Where is he in one scene? And they're all very difficult questions. Wow. Look that up. I might put that on the page, actually. Yeah. <laughs> because I didn't realise that this is going to be a difficult movie for quizzes. Well, they, they certainly picked the <laughs> ten hardest questions. I, I like... I didn't answer any of them, but, like, I looked at them and I think I was only confident in, like, one or two answers. And I bet one of them was, like, what's what kind of Porsche is it? Like, what kind is it? It's red. Uh, but, like, what's the year I don't the think Porsche? they asked about the car, no. Then what's the point? That's what the movie's about. Oh. Do you reckon Mayor took a dive? Yeah, he did. He clearly did because... He could have sprinted at the finish line, hmm. but the kid dropped his hat and he waited for him. Hmm. So the man took a dive for no reason. He's like, oh, those kids didn't need it. Yeah, he's like, this kid needs it. I think he could tell that this kid's in need. No, I really do, because this kid has no money. He's lost. You could tell he's lost by how he's acting. And when he does, spoiler alert, give the money. Ha 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 ha, Eddie. Ha 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 Then he's never seen again. He's charged for saying Mur- jingle balls and murder. Yeah, and murder. Or attempted murder. Attempted murder, murder and kidnapping, yeah. Uh, what I was saying was... He, he, you know, he knows that this kid's in trouble because he offers him a table, like a seat at the dinner table for Christmas. Like, he's like, you could spend it with us. He's never met this kid before. But the mayor is such a good guy, he could read people. That's what I got. And I, I think that's a noble character right there. That's why I get annoyed when people don't know this movie because it's full of noble characters. Real, genuine, heartfelt, like... I really, I think I know some of these people. Like, not actually, but, like, these characters are so relatable. What about you? In this bit right here where this clearly mobster-looking guy tells him... That, I thought he was going to rob him. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing a... Be- yeah, but look. I, he's like, you beat Mayor Wilson in the race. And, like, I didn't realize... I thought he was talking about, like, the Kenyan Santa for some reason. Like, I realised that the most significant character in that last scene, apart from the main character, Broderick Screech, Matthew Zack was, you know, this guy right here, but I don't know, it just didn't strike me that he was the mayor, and it didn't strike him either, so... Yeah, so you were fooled. Okay, so I've got a revelation. This is the time. Bartek, everyone, this film is a film until yesterday I had never seen in its entirety. Oh, like Big Fat Liar. Like Big Fat Liar. The exact same reasonings apply. I always saw this movie when he was in the desert. Never before. I never got the context of why he was left there, other than having to piece it together from watching the film. So I never have seen this movie in its entirety until last night, when I had to watch it for this show. And boy, does the first five minutes give you a lot of build-up. And boy, is the payoff excellent. Mm. So you never got to see that gymnastic chick that likes the chocolate? Yeah, no. I never even got to see his school friend who was locked in the 
Yeah. You didn't have the false expectations that he was going to be a character throughout the whole movie. Yeah, did you think that? Well, yeah, until like a certain way, like three quarters through, and like he had a best friend at one point. And he's dead now. <laughs> oh, that didn't occur to me until after the movie. Uh, he's dead now. Like He's dead in that thing, and nobody knows until next year, <laughs> 1999. Yeah, so this is 1998. Here's the thing I was saying about this last Tracy. night after... Oh, Tracy's the fucking best. Um, what I was saying about this was, we watched a 90s movie last episode called Surf Ninjas, and here's the difference between those two. And I think it's because this is a Christmas movie. But I watched this, and I don't feel like this is a 90s movie. Like, I know it's a movie made in the 90s, but unlike Surf Ninjas, the 90s dirty fingerprints aren't smothered all over this film. Like, you're looking at this, and I could say to you, this was made in 2004, you wouldn't dispute it, necessarily. You know what I mean? Other than the use of phones like this, but in 2004, you still had public phones and still had this and that. So, I really do believe that, maybe because it's a Christmas film, or do you think the late 90s was the point in which the 90s identity look was starting to kind of wear off? Uh, I'd, I'd say if, I'd take a few years off 2004 and say, you know, 2001, 2002. Not that I'm an expert in the early 2000s until now. Yeah. But, um, I, I could also say it was made last year and you would believe me, because you're like, Matthew Broderick looks so young. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't look like Simba at all anymore. No, it doesn't. What look... was that? Nineteen ninety-seven, Lion King. I thought it was like nineteen ninety-six. Okay, one year off. I can't remember. Uh, I think it was. Yeah. But... Uh, th- this film has a lot of pale colors. Maybe that is an influence of. It. And no denim overalls with tie-dye shirts underneath. Yeah. Yeah. And backwards caps. Like, did, was it just me, or was Surf Ninjas for most of the Los Angeles scenes like tilt, tinted, like orangey a bit? I don't know. Yeah, but unlike... Maybe I'm just... Uh, here's a racist butter coming up. Maybe I was just looking at their skin colours. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I'm racist. I, don't, I didn't realise this until you now. You should listen to the podcast back like, and hear your racist moments okay. and add them up at each podcast because like, it's like every single one except for the first episode and I'm pretty sure you, you did because you're like, yeah, Kastang, that's Chinese for yes. <laughs> yeah, well, that was just me bullshitting. <laughs> you what? I thought you knew Chinese. No, but I was in a car yesterday with a guy who was speaking Chinese mm. on the phone. Do you think this dog is Ringo Starr? Um, that depends. Is he the guy that runs RingoStarr.com? Yeah. Have you seen that? No. Oh, you gotta see that. What is it? It's Ringo Starr selling really expensive drawings he made on Microsoft Paint. Is it actually Ringo Starr himself? Though? Yes. It is actually uh, Ringo? Yes. The drawings look very... Amateurish and they're sold for a lot of money. I've got to look. I've got to look I think it. it's called RingoStar.com. I love. You remember that Ringo was Marge's favorite beetle in The Simpsons? But we called them chips. Yeah, we like to call them chips. Oh, Gary, he's looking so upset. Gary Cole, man. At least he's in New York now. Yeah, he's in New York, and he's going to fair evade. Or has he already done that? No, here he is. He's fair evading. I love this. It's like. Have you got a ticket, Santa? Is that dude? If this was nope. Melbourne, you would get fined on the spot, not just kicked off. You would get fined so hard, mm. and they would also just like beat your teeth in and call you a cunt. When I was in year eleven, I was in a religion class, and one of the guys there he was talking about how once 
when a ticket inspector got on the train, he, like, made a really big effort to make himself known, and then he, like, slowly started going up the train, like, but, like, really obviously, suspiciously, and then when the ticket inspector finally got up to him, he was like, can I see your ticket, please? And he just showed him the ticket. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I don't know, to troll him or something, I don't know. Trolling your tram, train cops? Speaking of troll, I showed a bunch of people at a party the other day troll too. The full movie? Yeah. Was it good? Well, of course, it's Troll 2. We'll never do that on our show, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's, it's cult too classic. appreciated. It's cult classic. Unlike this movie, which needs to be a cult classic. Yeah, that's the goal of this show, to make cult classics. Yeah, I mean, this movie, cult classic. Oh, this kid... Well, we want it to be. This oh. kid. He was like, hey, Santa. I loved you and I loved you and Godzilla. Bye. I can't wait till Inspector Gadget comes out. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Yes. I can't wait to see you get your you grab an Indian man's balls with your robotic hand in Inspector Gadget. That actually happened, Bartek. Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. Lion King referencing. Woo! Yeah, he would have broken legs. Oof! Oof! Oh! oh he would ow. have a broken wrist, legs, face. Oh wait, no, he's already got a broken face. But I love how this is like a festival for general holidays because you see like dreidels in there. Dreidel, Did you notice dreidel, that? Dreidel. No, I didn't. Well, I just saw a Christmas tree in a present, and, and these women are dressed like all Quonsery and shit. They and look like Bonnie M. See, there's a dreidel right there. See oh, that? You're right. It is a dreidel. dreidel there's a bunch dreidel. of dreidels, and there's a bunch of women in Quonsa outfits, and this woman's like, there "Do not qua- unwrap." There are Quonsa outfits. Yeah, like the. I thought that was just like a harvest thing. No, it's like African, traditional African outfits. Wait a second, she said she wouldn't take me back if I showed up in a one-horse open sleigh, but what if I do that? Hey, did you expect foreshadowing to happen in this film for that? No. Like, did you expect... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it wasn't until afterwards when I was reading about it that... You're like, oh my god. Yeah, I was just... like, oh, that was foreshadowing. I thought that... Because usually when someone's like, I wouldn't... If you were the last man on earth and you did this, like, usually people don't follow up on it and be like, yeah, here it is now. But this movie does. It's, um... It breaks the mold. So these people are singing Silent Night? And they're making it not silent with their obsessant singing. Yeah, shut up, guys. Shut your moles. That's the most ironic thing in the movie. Irony is what this movie is all about. Do you find the main, like, story... Okay, so, you know, there's like kind of like several storylines going on. You know, like, he's trying to get back home. The sister is trying to get him home. Like, everyone's trying to get this guy home except for Eddie. Who's trying to stay, get him away from home. Uh, do you think that Eddie's the real hero of the story? Well, he doesn't appear again, so, so it's, kind of, it's kind of hard to justify that yeah, at this point. Yeah, so yeah. So do you reckon he's like the behind-the-scenes kind of hero? Do you reckon like if we like looked at, like zoomed in on pixels, we might see his face, yeah, like yeah, the bricks you, or something? Yeah, 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 he's like a ghost. Hey, fun the fact. ghost of Christmas Fun Eddie. fact, the guy who plays Eddie was in Seventh Heaven with her Jessica Beale and they dated in the show I think they may have dated in real life that's I read those two things as well yeah and another fun little fact Eddie uh... played a character in, in a short film shortly after this called Eddie so I want to mm. know if he's the same character 
It was that with him dealing with prison life after killing. I don't Ian. know. I didn't. It didn't have a real good description on what the short film was about. Okay. But I imagine if they had to make a spin-off short film about Eddie, yeah, it's about like it's like Shawshank Eddie, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like and it's just like Morgan. No, no, no. Shawshank Redemption. And and Paul Giamatti's like Morgan Freeman, and he's just like, if I could do my Paul Giamatti impersonation for everyone, <clears throat> and he's like. <clears throat> And Eddie crawled through shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was your Morgan Freeman impression. No, that was my Paul Giamatti. No, it actually sounded like, what's that guy that does Iago from Aladdin? Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. And then... <laughs> and then he hit my clitoris. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, no, it's like Paul Giamatti. He's got a weird voice to impersonate, but he would just be like, Yes, and then Eddie crawled through miles worth of shit. And did I mention that I'm the wolf? Buy Big Fat Liar on DVD today. Except that it's not being sold anyway. Yeah, yeah, except for they've run out of copies. I went to JB Hi-Fi the other day to find this on DVD. Couldn't find it. Very disappointed. But in the Christmas section, do you ever see this? In sections, say like mm-hmm. queer section, uh, action section, kids section, you find a movie that or something in there that doesn't belong in there and you just have a little <laughs> giggle to yourself. Yeah, what'd you find? I found in the movies of Christmas, I found the entire series of Leno and Woodley. With what? Leno and Woodley. The two Australian comedians, The Adventures of Leno and Woodley. Okay. And they have a Christmas. No, they don't even have a Christmas episode. They have an Easter episode. <laughs> but it was just like, why is this in there? And it's just, it still haunts me now that it was in there. So we were talking earlier about, you know, Jessica Beale's relationships. The person that she ended up marrying sort of appears at the end of this film. Who? She married Justin Timberlake. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah. She married Justin Timberlake, and then they have sync playing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. So this movie's all about Jessica Biel's relationships with everyone. Spoiler alert. In one of the reviews that I did not choose, one of the comments were, this is a good movie. It has sync and soundtrack. <laughs> but I didn't choose it because it wasn't good enough in comparison to the others that I have chosen. NSYNC was that one band that I was like, oh, they were on The Simpsons once, and that's all I knew about them. Yes. And then I was like, oh, Justin yeah, Timberlake yeah. was Yeah, yeah, I it. remember Justin Timberlake from Simpsons too, but I remembered him from, uh, what was one of his first good movies? Like, he was... I don't know, Social Network, that was three years ago. <laughs> I remember he did Sexy Back, the song. Yeah. And that was when, I remember it, remember hearing it after John Howard got kicked out of office. <laughs> Prime Minister, because I was like, could you imagine if the Liberals made a song called Bringing Liberals Back? Oh, oh, I'm bringing conservatism back. Yeah. And that's what happened. Welcome to the world we live in, a dark stone cold age in which Bartek and I have to be the noble knights and troll through, and troll through, and crawl through the ruins of civilization and find unappreciated masterpieces and shine our torchlights on, torchlights onto them and so that you, the listening people, can be aware of their existence and grab them and raise them onto a platform worthy of their status. Every Saturday or Sunday. Well, we record it every Saturday or Sunday. When it comes out, is a bit of a mix. Yeah, usually it's a day after. Sometimes it's three. I don't know. This time, last podcast came out a couple of days after because, spoiler alert, for some reason my laptop refused to upload it, so I had to do it 
uh, on another at, at work. We're missing the poignancy of yeah, we, her we... jump sweater sizes. Do you remember Bartek? Yeah, it's a callback to something we didn't mention. Yeah, but do you remember her sweater size? It's eight. That was one of the questions on the trivia. Well, I would have got that. Would yeah. you? Because I remember yeah. they're like eight, eight. That's eight. one of the few that I would have got that I did get. And they asked for numbers only, so you just press the eight key. That was the only not multiple choice one. Well. Oh, here's the scene we talked about earlier. Where they're going to punch him. Yeah. When... They're like, oh my god, there he is. I love how he's like, nice wings. He's like, yeah, thanks. I took a sewing class. Mm-hmm. Like, I like how they don't actually want to hurt him because they believe on peace on earth. Like, they actually still believe in what they're preaching, which this film has been showing to the contrary. But, you know, it's good. It is a marvelous little film. I think... What do you think, Bartek, of him learning his lesson at the end? He learns that he doesn't need the Porsche. He doesn't need this materialism. He only Needs the Porsche in a few years. In, in like, 40 years. (laughs) Did you know that? He said, like, it may take us a few Christmases. And the dad's like, yeah, 30 or 40. It's like, you're going to be dead by then, Gary Cole. Yeah, and he'll be... And Zach Screech would be 50. Broderick Matthews. Yeah. He got it in one part. And is this the end? Um. Well, there's still the credits and, and scene. Yep, this is the oh, end. And he, who's coming back? Who's coming back? Eddie? <laughs> who's, who, what's that? What's that? Wouldn't hat? it be weird if the hat, like, it, like a hand crawled out of it and pulled itself up, but it was Eddie all along? And he's like, that's all, folks. <laughs> there's the ball. There's the ball. And then sync. Yeah, and then sync's back. Back streets, back. All, all right. right. So that was I'll Be Home for Christmas, starring Matthew Broderick, Eddie... We didn't give any... Paul Giamatti, I think we mentioned, was in there. Oh, here's the actors. Jonathan Taylor Thomas played Jake, but no, we know Matthew Broderick. We know it's Matthew Broderick. We got the nun. Tracy from... was Lauren Maltby. Oh, good one, Lauren. Tom Tom Girl Mary was... At... Oh, too late. All right. Well, Bartek. <laughs> You're right. Ant- Brant Man, Murph Man, Ken Man. Told you. They so, don't come back. That was a wonderful... Oh, no strip. It was a no strip. Yeah, I don't know what that was a fashion craze about. Yeah, again, I wasn't in that crowd during the 90s. I was still learning how to speak in proper sentences. Bartek, give us your thoughts, your review, and what you rate this. You know what? I, I mentioned this earlier. I saw Star Wars yesterday, and you know, it was good. Black guy was good. White people were good. Because, you know, most of them were white. Good one, racism. I guess Chewbacca's brown. Racism back. All right. Look, all right. So Chewbacca had a line that summarized this film. It was, was, you know, his. It was the sound he makes. (laughs) You're not gonna do it, are you? Do it. Do it. I thought that was gonna be a perfect. (laughs) I thought you were gonna do a perfect lead into your Orson Welles impersonation. (laughs) Bartek's Orson Welles impersonation is rubbish. <laughs> I only did it twice. Yeah, more than once. Your Orson Welles is like, I'm Orson Welles. <laughs> no, my Orson Welles is not Bane. My Orson Welles is stating that he wish he made movies. So, is that all you have to say? <laughs> Chewbacca had a line, it was... And that sums up this film. I think so, because... When I started watching this movie, it did feel like I was watching a movie made by Disney. That's the perfect. Except it didn't. I was just kidding because I'm trying to work out what how to how to phrase my thoughts. I thought this movie was very refreshing. It, it, 
I made a comment similar in the very first episode when we watched Big Fat Liar. How the main character, you don't really see that kind of main character anymore. Like, the, the sense of humor's different. You know, they might have awkward bits. Even Star Wars had some awkward modern-day humor in it. Like, except, like... And, and that made Han Solo all the more better because he was still as suave as ever. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah, refreshing. You got this, like, cocky main character, you know, likes to swindle people, likes to say... Like, charming, even though we know he's kind of a dick, but... You, really, you, you like dick. Yeah, Bartek, really so fun to watch. Big dick, big dick. Um, and when big dick goes big dick, big dick... Um, I'm sorry, I'm I'm projecting myself now. Yeah, yeah. You're thinking about Eddie's big <laughs> fucking cock right now. Hey. That should have been on the end of the credits here. Well, that should have been how the movie ended. Yeah, yeah on his throbbing <laughs> hard erection. Like a big, so, what big mistake. Rate, what are you gonna rate this? Um, twenty-five points because that's how many centimeters that dick would have been. Brilliant. It's about ten inches. This film is a roller coaster. Yeah, I have sentimental attachment to this. Like I said, I always saw it on TV. It's a TV running movie. It's not a TV movie, but it is a movie that was on TV a lot. And it's one that I never saw the start of. But it was one that I always held close in my heart. I always it's a film that I always forgot the name of. I always remembered it as the one where, you know, he gets glued inside a Santa suit. And I remember the characters, but I couldn't remember the name. You know those movies where you see it on TV and you see it every year, at least once or twice a year, but you never remember its name, but you have fond memories of it, and then you describe it to somebody else and they're like, oh yeah, that movie. And this is what this movie is, and I find that's a special thing for me. I feel real attachment to that to this film because it is one of those movies. This movie is an emotional movie. It investigates the ideas of commercialism. It investigates the ideas of family. And it has a deep analysis of Christmas. The fact that Christmas can mean so many things. At the start, I made a slightly snide comment that Christmas is a genre. And that holidays can be a genre. But I find it is a good thing to have it as a genre because... This time of year, the Christmas time of year, is where humanity, especially obviously for Christians, but overall, let's be honest, humanity is supposed to be kinder than it actually is. This is the time of year where we're supposed to treat each other with respect. It is instilled upon us, and this film investigates that idea. I give this film... I give this film a ho-ho-ho-ho. Out of ho-ho-ho-ho-ho's. That's great. Yeah, you're right about that. Christmas has that identity of the themes and all that. Because you think of the other common ones, like Halloween. What themes are there except, like, be kooky? You know, just watch Adam's Family. There you go. And Easter, I don't even know if there is an Easter one. That's right. Easter genre. Easter sucks. No, okay. Oh, except for, like, Jesus movies, like Jesus Christ Superstar. Okay, now it is time for reviews from IMDb. Other people had other comments to say. Now, I have chosen a mixture of good and negative comments because I am endeavouring to get both opinions on the matter. Because maybe not everyone can see the masterful creation of film in the way that we can. But we have to learn from the other side because films are... Uh, are subjective. All art is all art is subjective, and if we can understand the negative sides, it can enrich our experience of the movies. And if then the same applies for the positive side. This is a title called a really cute film that anybody can enjoy. Oh. 
I love this movie, and I'm not ashamed of it. I watched it countless times as a teenager, and it was one of my favourites. I may have fond memories of it. Now, I have many fond memories of it. When I was a teenager, I had the biggest crush on Jessica, Jessica Biel. I used to envy Jonathan Taylor Thomas in this movie. Now that I'm older, I don't feel the same way. This is the first time I've seen the movie since 2003. That's a long time to go without viewing a movie, even after seeing it many times. A couple of nights ago, I decided to put this on. I was curious to see how it would hold up. That now that I'm older, now that and see how it would hold up now that I'm older. It may not be Christmas time for me, but I was in the mood for something fluffy that would make me smile a lot. I can gladly say this movie still manages to do the job. This is a movie that anybody can enjoy at any age. It has plenty of laughs as well. Ali's "I'll have to slug you" line cracks me up every time. <laughs> I also howl at the restaurant scene where Jake tries to get a couple back together. We even get some subtle sexual jokes about Santa. And they put this in quotations. Someone else is going down Santa's chimney? It may be family entertainment, but it's not afraid to throw some jabs and take a risk. Jonathan Taylor Thomas is fun as the lead. He makes a great weasel, and, I've ne and I never fail to smile at his antics. He definitely had plenty of charisma for his age. Jessica Biel is beautiful, talented as well. I highly doubt you'll see her talking about this movie, but she was solid as a love interest. And... Adam, uh, I can't, I, 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 screw, I, if, if I screw up this guy's name, let's just move on, okay? Adam, Adam, La, Adam, La, Adam LaVorkner, Adam LaVorkner plays a good slime ball. Gary Cole is a tad wasted as the dad, but he was good too. This is excellent family entertainment. I don't care what anyone says. This is a good movie that has a really good message behind it. What do you expect? An Oscar winner? You can watch this film at any time of the year. Don't be warded off by the low rating. 9 out of 10 stars. And that was written in 2014. Wow, that was last year. Almost two years ago. Now, this next one was written in... in on the 8th of December, 2015. Whoa, this whoa. Is a, I still got a register. 8th of the, That was like, what, 12 days ago? Yeah. This is what they had to say. A fun Christmas film. My expectations were low when I started to watch this film. The premise seemed okay. And watching Home Improvement, I knew the lead actor had some charm about him. I can happily say that I didn't need to worry because this film is a good is good family entertainment that also manages to be a good Christmas movie. Sure, it's far-fetched and the plot doesn't hold up too much, but it's also full of funny moments and has his heart in the right place. It's a shame that Jonathan Taylor Thomas didn't go on to make more films after this one because he was likeable and had good comic timing. This is one of those films that you can see you that you should have on your shelf every Christmas. Why not give it a go? 10 out of 10. Mm. Now, these ones are the, the the piece de la resistance, in my opinion. Uh, the, these Now we're going to hit the home stretch, okay? Those were like light, fluffy ones. But these ones get down and deep to the positive and negatives. This is a 10 out of 10 review. Oh. And it's called The Best JTT Movie. This was written... <clears throat> 17th of December, 1998. 
This is when the movie came out. Wow. I really love JTT's new movie. It had romance, it was funny, and JTT was convincing as Jake. This role was a departure from his previous roles. I'm so happy that he is growing up and trying less clean roles. Jessica was great since she reminded me of her seventh heaven role, Mary. She was strong and did not take junk from anyone. I was surprised to see the two kiss since I did not know they would. This was the best JTT movie. I cannot wait till Speedway Junkie. JTT is a talented young man and needs to be heard. 10 out of 10. <laughs> wow, that person likes Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yep. Yes, they do. Even, even though you preface it with 1998, I still laugh when he said his new movie. Yeah. It's funny to think that these movies used to be new. Yeah, they used to be they used to be new. Next one, December 1st, 1998. Wow. I think this movie is good and funny. I enjoyed it a lot. Saw it twice. That's the name of the title. <laughs> oh, 10 wow. out of 10 stars. Contrary to what others may have to say, this movie is funny. Acting is good. It had a lesson in it. If you'd like to relax and if you want to have a good Christmas and if you want good Christmas spirit in you, you would definitely enjoy this one. I certainly did. Jessica is great. And Jonathan is funny. 10 out of 10. Like, I love... I had to read these 1998 ones because there's three of them. This is another 1998 one. As it's called a truly great film. 10 out of 10. As for JTT's latest movie, I would have to say... <laughs> Was he just called JTT in the 90s? Yeah. I would have to say that this is just way better than I expected. I went to the theatre by myself just to check this out. Uh, just to check this young, accomplished actor's latest movie. <laughs> I expected a bomb, but boy was I in for a surprise. The whole thing engulfed me in emotions. I was utterly amazed at how much I was either laughing or in tears. It was truly a great movie and was worth the money and time. The plot was a bit of a stretch, and understanding these college boys could do that to Jake in the desert was a bit hard to believe, but you can really appreciate the fine acting jobs by all involved. This will be a holiday treasure in my video library once available. Wow, 10 out of 10. Man, JTT was the shit in the 90s. Now we're going to get to the negatives. There can't be that many. This one was made in 2007. This one is called Not So Funny in Light of Recent... Not so funny in light of recent CSI episodes what? <laughs> and all of the crimes that go unpunished. Uh. <clears throat> I was willing to suspend my disbelief until he opens the napkin containing evidence of who kidnapped him and dropped him out in the desert to die. He then wads it up. He wads it up and throws it away. In brackets, they put this in brackets. Littering wilderness, littering in the wilderness, concealing evidence of a crime. End brackets. Instead of putting it in his pocket, so the authorities will be able to find his kidnapper, kidnappers slash attempted killers if he dies. The recent dead doll episode 801 of CSI shows that Eddie and the boys kind of behavior is anything but happy, happy, joy, joy, and worthy of a life sentence behind bars. When he spots Eddie with his girlfriend, Eddie's reaction is also unbelievable. He would be remorseful by then, glad to see TT is still alive. 
and happy to give him a ride home. As with most Disney movies that try to be comedies, this one is seriously not funny at all, and all of the crimes committed by the various idiots in this farce go unpunished without charges. Two stars. Well, there's a lot wrong with that one. Now, First of all, he couldn't call the police because then he wouldn't get the Porsche. Now, this one's my favourite. Bartek? Okay, I'm sitting up. Okay, Bartek, you would appreciate this. Okay, gotta get ready. Okay. This one is called Some Funny Moment in This Movie. (laughs) Just one? Okay. (laughs) Okay. Written in 2011. Okay. Oh, Jesus, I'm getting ready for this. Okay. There no Tim Allen. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was the first couple of okay, words? Okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. There no Tim Allen in this movie, but not... <laughs> but not... But not far from it. This... Oh, Jesus Christ. This broken English is great. Oh, it's broken English. <laughs> yes, no. I'm not going this up. There no Tim Allen in this movie, but not far from it. This time Randy from Home Improvement... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, this time Randy from Home Improvement Show, but this time. <laughs> Wait, this gets I don't even know what that means. <laughs> no one does. I've never seen Home Improvement. The kids from Home Improvement. This time, Tim Allen's the lead in Home Improvement. This time, Randy from Home Improvement Show, but this time playing Jake. <laughs> The, oh, Jesus Christ. This this goes on. The dad as tells son. <laughs> if the dad as... Oh, Jesus Christ. The dad as tells son. If come home before... <laughs> si- <laughs> I had my fist in my mouth and I still can't stop laughing. If come home before 6pm on Christmas, he will get the Porsche. <laughs> Jesus, it gets better. Okay, the dad has tell some if come home before six p.m. on Christmas, he will get the Porsche. But it's not that simple. As <laughs> okay, but it's not that simple as think always to get in a way when the <laughs> when the police. <laughs> Are you like halfway through? I am literally halfway through. Okay. Okay, the bullies. Okay, when bullies kidnapped him and. what's the next word gonna be it's gonna be great when bullies kidnapped him and clue santa's suit to his body and leave in the desert there are funny moments in this movie (laughs) and on the way he helps some people like the way like what (laughs) like like the way Let's repeat that. There are funny moments. There, there are funny moment in this movie, and on the way, he helps some people like the way, which was nice touch to the movie. Then half, and then this is the best bit. Then half hour into the movie, it gets a pre- it gets a predictable and really cheesy and and a really cheesy ending, worth watching Xmas movie. So that was a really broken English movie. I'm sorry if you could barely understand it because it was just so funny for us to read right now. I'm weak but- to broken English. And what I love is, it's all broken English, so, like, there no Tim Allen in this movie, but not far from it. This time, Randy from Home Improvement Show, but this time playing Jake. The, the, the dad has tells son, if come home before X 6 p.m. on Christmas, he will get the Porsche. But and you read it with a rhythm. But what I love is, okay, it gets all broken English, and then the second last line is in normal English, <laughs> which is, then half an hour into this movie, it gets a predictable and really cheesy ending. And then it goes back to broken English with, with worth watching Exodus movie. Now, Bartek, everyone at home, would you like to guess what country this person is from? Can we hear their username? No. Okay. Um, 
Seeing it's not Poland, is it? No. Okay, good. It can be anything then. Have a guess. Take a guess. You'll be wrong, but have a guess. Oh, okay. I'll think. Um, country Zimbabwe. The United Kingdom. They are English. <laughs> <laughs> And they wrote such great lines as this time Randy from Home Improvement Show, but this time playing Jake. And for all of you out there who are thinking that, oh, United Kingdom has Welsh people and Irish people and Scottish people, you're wrong. They, Ryan, can, they can still speak English, though. Ryan okay? just said that they're English. They can still speak English. Okay, this is the last one. I know we had a lot of reviews this week, but I just felt like we had to preface this. This one sums it up. This isn't Jingle All The Way... But it'll do. 10 out of 10 stars. Don't get me wrong. This is a great movie, but it's not one you can watch over and over and over again. This movie isn't a jingle all the way. And then they put a smiley face there. (laughs) That's nice. But if you're in the mood for a Christmas movie, watch it. You'll like it. There are some funny parts. Not too many serious parts, if any. But there are some funny things in it. 10 out of 10. Written in 2000. And that was all the reviews. My favourite was Broken English Guy. <laughs> it's always going to be Broken English Guy. <coughs> so, Bartek, any final thoughts you have about this wonderful movie? Um, Like the Broken English Guy said, it's a real shame that it was only 30 minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> and little did you know that we were just talking for like an hour or two hours over like a half hour film. Yeah. Yeah. So is that it? Yeah, it should have been, you know, an hour, 26 minutes and 12 seconds, but... But it was only half an hour. But it was only half an hour, yeah. Well, I have to say that I am so glad that we had this as our first Christmas movie. I feel like it really sets upon the ideas of what we have for this show. This is an unappreciated masterpiece, but not an unknown film. This is from a well-known distributor with well-known actors, played frequently every Christmas, but during that time of day that you may not catch it. And I am glad that we can find this piece and bring it to you. Um, anything else, Bartek? We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. Like our Facebook page. And make some comments. And subscribe to iTunes. And share some stuff that's posted there. Yeah. We wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Seriously, like the page. Yeah, seriously, dudes, we are very, very needing of that. But you have been wonderful, great listening people. Bartek, as always, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure to Ryan Yes, we have been Spit and Polish Presents, and you have been great listening people. Yes.